It is really an exciting church. Um, I am thrilled with what God is doing. And I'm going to take a few minutes to just point us to God's Word and remind us that it's not just about social activities. To remind us that what we're doing, it really matters. It's not in vain. It has a point. And it's, it's bringing the aroma of Christ to our neighbors, to others in our community. I am so excited about what God is doing and what He has begun to do. And I'm convinced He's got more in store for us. Will you turn with me in your Bibles, please? We're going to look at three verses. I'm going to read one and and talk about that and and read another uh, and end up with a third. And the first one we're going to start with is 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Mindful that we're reading God's holy word. It says this, Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Let us pray. Oh, Father God, I thank You that what we do for Your Son Our King and our Savior, Jesus, is not in vain. Father, I thank You for the good work that You have begun in our lives as Your children. I thank You for Your faithfulness to complete that good work. Christ Jesus, You are the head of this church. We thank You that You are the One who is building this church, Your church, for Your glory. Father, and Son, we thank You for the Holy Spirit that You have given to us that empowers us to deny ourselves and our selfish ambition and to seek that which glorifies others by the way we love you and by the way we love our neighbor as we put on the attitude of Christ Jesus. So Father, I pray that you would come with power and and can convict each one of our hearts to the reality that you have made us for yourself. You have empowered us for your glory. You have gifted us for a ministry for the advancement of Christ's kingdom. And that it is not in vain and if it is done for the Lord and in the Lord's name. And it matters. And Father God, that we are a sign, a signpost that your kingdom has come and that your kingdom is coming again. So Father, come with power. Speak through a broken vessel. What is said that is true and contains the good news of Jesus, make those things, use those things to make us more like Christ. What is said is that is merely my opinion. May it fall away and be forgotten. We pray that you and you alone are glorified, but that we are challenged and receive great joy. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I mentioned earlier that Clara Jones lost her battle this week to cancer. Uh, Clara joined our church probably about four or five years ago. Um, She had gone to one of our living nativities. Uh, Those of you who have been around Orangewood for a while remember our living nativity. She had come and and was excited about uh, hearing the gospel. She came back and felt that God was calling her to this church home. Uh, She was so excited to join our family. She was so proud of us, her Orangewood family. Her memorial service was held last Thursday in Winter Garden where her family lives and on the table at the funeral home uh, where we had the memorial service. It was kind of a small little table in the back that that held a few things that 
pointed us to her life, memories of her life. Uh, on that table were some pictures. There were three pictures of her son. Uh, Marty's picture was there, and Mike's picture was there, and Mark that they call Bo. And I guess if you have a Marty and a Mike and a, a Mark, you want to call one Bo. Uh, gets a little confusing, I would imagine. There was also another picture, a picture of a, a young girl, uh, amazing uh, reflection of how it looked like Clara, so much so that, that Joe Crete saw that and said, wow, did you see that picture of Clara as a baby? That was an amazing likeness. I said, Joe, that wasn't her. That was Clara's four-year-old daughter who died of leukemia. And on, the, on the table were some knickknacks of just her life, and, and it kind of intrigues me. You know, what what about a knickknack or what about a memory makes a family member say, let's bring this as a representative of Clara's life. Let's bring this and put this out. One of the things that really struck me was that there on the table with very few knickknacks was a little trophy from the greater Maitland Orangewood 5K race, second place trophy for Clara Jones was one of the few knickknacks that her family had put out. And I remember Clara running or really walking in that. Uh, Cancer had already taken one of her lungs. The cancer seemed to be in remission and she triumphantly and defiantly ran the race here at Orangewood with great joy that she can complete it. That she was given a second place trophy. And my guess is that maybe in her age bracket, she was two of two. (laughs) But it didn't matter. You know, at first blush, i got to be honest with you, I looked at that little trophy and it it seemed mockingly pointless. At the end of a life, a second place trophy at our 5K race is what needs to be displayed? I mean, who cares? I mean, can we really celebrate that as the life of a second place run in the senior division? You see, that trophy pointed to a greater triumph and a greater celebration. And today, my brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to celebrate as an Orangewood family that God used us. God used the family at Orangewood to prepare Clara for the greatest run she'll ever run. The run home to Jesus. The run home and cross the finish line and to be in His presence. The ultimate race. God used us by His grace for His glory, to help Clara run the ultimate race of advancing Christ's kingdom. And we need to celebrate that God uses us. You see, God prepared Clara through Orangewood for that finish line, through her doctor, Dr. Barry Grow, a member of our church. When she joined the church, she was dumbfounded that in the Discovering Orangewood class was her good, loving ambassador of Christ, doctor. God prepared her through His ministry, not only here, but also at Florida Hospital. God prepared her through our seniors pastor, Doug Fleming, 
who would go and spend hours with her, sitting by her bedside, reminding her of her worth in Christ, reminding her that Jesus is waiting on the other side. And if she doesn't beat the cancer here, that that cancer will not take away the eternal life that Christ has given to her. God used Orangewood to prepare her. God used Marge Prime. God not only used Marge Prime, but she also uh, used Nancy Moore to call and to love and to provide care for Clara. You see, God's grace to Orangewood was that He used us to prepare Clara for the finish line. Pastor Joe Creech showing the love of Christ. Clara, here's, here's the great news. Clara didn't receive a second place trophy from Jesus. Clara didn't receive a second place trophy from Jesus. Guess what she received? A first place welcome home trophy. All the riches that Christ has has earned as a righteous son fulfilling God's law. The eternal life that Christ Jesus gives to those who believe in His name. The life that abounds in Christ Jesus. Clara saw and sees Jesus face to face. And there's no second place trophy. There's a first place trophy with Jesus' name on it that He gave to Clara. And God used us to prepare her to receive that trophy. What great news is that? Perhaps today, perhaps today God is calling you to participate in a ministry that prepares others for the ultimate race in life. And maybe the world will give them second and third places. Maybe they won't even show and qualify. But the reality is, is God is calling you and me to be kingdom ambassadors, to come alongside our neighbors, to prepare them for the ultimate race home. Every single one of us is going to see our makers. Every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And God has placed us in others' lives, perhaps today, to come alongside them. Perhaps today at Restore Orlando, God is calling you to go and have a reading program. Perhaps today you'll sign up for job partnerships to talk about the value of each image bearer and to give your skills to them. Perhaps today you will be involved in a ministry. And what I want to point us to is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15.58, your labor for Christ isn't in vain. What we do for Jesus will last, and it does matter. What we do for Jesus will last, and it does matter. Our labor for Christ is not in vain. And listen, if it was in vain, we'd give up. If it's useless, we'd quit. We might as well say, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, we might as well, if the Christ hasn't resurrected and we don't have hope that what we do for Him is really important in advancing Christ's kingdom, Paul says we might as well eat and drink because tomorrow we die. But that's not our life story, my brothers and sisters. God has given us life and life abundantly to shine for Him. And what we do for Christ and King Jesus matters And it's not in vain. Let's look at Ephesians 2.10. The first thing, the first point I want you to know is what you do for Christ is never done in vain. Perhaps today, God is calling you to a ministry to help someone else in the ultimate race. The ultimate race home. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are His workmanship. I mean, all of creation is God's workmanship. 
God spoke everything into existence out of nothing. But as Christians, we are twice His. Once created in His image, and secondly, with new birth in Christ, recreated in that image of Christ. And now we are His masterpiece. His workmanship is His family created in Christ Jesus. Why? For good works. For us to serve the King which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. A friend of ours told us about Jim's upbringing. Jim had an upbringing where he had parents uh, that really didn't like junk in their house. They didn't want to clutter their house. It was very important to keep their house pristine clean. It was important for them to, to keep the junk away and to throw it away. And so Jim, when he would come home from school as a young boy, and he came home with a new treasure, a new masterpiece, something he made in art, something he made with clay, whatever, the response was always the same. Oh, that's really nice, Jimmer. Now go ahead and put it in the trash can. And no matter what he brought home, no matter what masterpiece he thought he created, he would always hear the same response. That's really nice, Jimmer. Now go ahead and throw it away. So what was Jim taught through his childhood? He was taught that what he produced was useless. That all he could really produce was junk. And Jimmer, all you really do is fill up a landfill. It's not very good motivation for living. God does not make Jimmer's. Did you hear me? God doesn't make jimmers. I mean, we are His children created in Christ Jesus. And of all of God's creation, it's, it's an amazing beauty and array. I mean, just this week, uh, Katie and I were sitting at the table, um, and we are uh, house-sitting a, a pet fish. And we're trying to figure out why do people have pet fishes. But anyway, we started to like it. It's beautiful. It's blue. It actually has deep blue eyes. And the way it swims in the tank, it's it's absolutely poetic. I mean, the way that God has this thing move, I mean, you should set a symphony to it just to watch it swim around one little glass bowl tank. I said, wow, Lord, that's amazing that you would take that much time to put that much beauty and that much thought into a fish. But you and me, children of the living God, we are His ultimate masterpiece because we have been created in Christ Jesus. And there's no jimmers there. There's none. Even those who are not recreated in Christ, those who are not born again Christians, they too have value as image bearers of God. But we are His masterpiece. And listen, God doesn't make junk. And listen to this. And God doesn't junk what He makes. God doesn't make junk, and God doesn't junk what He makes. We are His workmanship to do good works. And so what we do for Him in some way is lasting to bring Him glory. It matters. It's not in vain, and it matters. God is not going to look at our end of our lives and say, you know when you served in that job partnership? That was really nice, Jimmy. Now go ahead and throw it away. we got other things. You know when you, you helped out on that 5K rate? That was really nice. Go ahead and throw that away. That's not our God. He says, I want to put that on my refrigerator. That's a masterpiece. 
Because that's done for me and that's not in vain. And that's beautiful. And I don't make junk and I don't throw away what I make because I don't make any junk. So it matters. It matters that you sign up for a 5K race. It matters that you help with Shepherd's Hope. It matters that you're involved with Maitland Community Preschool. It matters if you're involved in OCS. It matters if you go on mission trips. It matters because what we do for the Lord is never done in vain. And God doesn't make jimmers. And He wants to make, use you to make a beautiful masterpiece. And here's the beauty. Through your brokenness, through your sinfulness, through the how much you need Jesus, let the Gospel ooze through you. Let Jesus shine. It's not about your strength. It's not about your gifts. It's not about your ability. It's about your faithfulness and your willingness to let Jesus use you to advance His kingdom. And that's good news. Because that's not laboring in vain. And it matters. It matters. One of the things I love that's happening at Orangewood, and I don't know if you see it, but for Christ and His kingdom and not about us is, is, is starting to seep more and more into all of our ministries and one of the ministries I see it most clearly is through our incredible school ministry at Orangewood Christian School. And do you know that we're almost at 20% for uh, minorities that make up our, our, our student body? And do you know that the, uh, the church leadership decided that we need to get a good uh, neighbor scholarship to Eatonville? That for those students who grew up in a covenant home, like our students here, we're a covenant school, and who uh, fit, who can do well in our classrooms, we want to offer scholarships. And the fact that I hear the stories of those coming uh, that are now filling our student body, and I hear the stories from our administrators saying, you won't believe the contact I had with a grandma who brought in their son from the Boys and Girls Club at Eatonville. Let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you how excited they are. But I want to tell you the story about one boy. I'm going to call him Sam. It's not his name. But Sam was born to a mother who was addicted to crack cocaine. Not a fault of his own, but Sam was given away as an infant because his mother was too helpless to help herself, let alone raise a boy. Sam became the custody of, of, a, of an elderly woman who happened to live across the street from Redeeming Light Church. Sam was really not only raised by this, uh, this woman, she was raised by that church that Thomas Brown is a pastor of. And Sam, wants to grow, as he grows up, wants to become a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This year, Sam's caregiver, the mother that he knew, was 80 years old and she passed away. And again, he became an orphan at 16, 17 years old. And he was going to have to leave Edgewater to go to Evans. And the pastor heard, can a scholarship include Sam? I got some good news. Sam is here, and I hugged him on the first day of school, and he's so excited to be here, and I just am so excited because I know Sam's life matters. And I know what we do here matters. It has a kingdom perspective. And I love it. There's the aroma of Christ here. Come and join it. Come and, and be a part because what we do for Christ matters. Perhaps today God is calling you to serve Him by walking in those good works that He has prepared each of us to do. He has prepared you to serve Him. He has gifted you to serve Him. Perhaps today is the day you say, I get it. I'm an ambassador for Christ. I get it. My life is His. I get it. I'm here to shine for Him. I get it. And go and give your life. And again, we'll have plenty of opportunities. The last verse I want to take you to is this. Acts 1.8. 
But you will receive power. And Jesus is talking to His disciples and through them to us. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be My witnesses. And the word witnesses here is where we get the word martyrs. You'll be the ones who witness for Me by living for Me and giving your life up for Me. You'll be My witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. How many of you have read any Stephen Covey's books? Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Maybe you're like, I don't know. I'm not sure I could raise my hand about Stephen Covey. Uh, you can. One of the good things he says is pretty interesting. He says that uh, we are to begin with the end in mind. If you have a project, a task, uh, something that you're trying to do, begin with the end in mind. What do you, what do you want it to look like? Uh, what do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? I mean, what a great way to think about a project. That way you make sure you're on task. You make sure you have the right resources. You make sure you're aiming at the right thing. So begin with the end in mind. But for Christians, most of us never begin or live our Christian lives with the end in mind. And what is the end? And it's more than just our heart stopping. What is the end that we need to look to? Well, the end is this, is that Christ's kingdom will come. As surely as Jesus has come in a manger in Bethlehem, as surely as that tomb was empty, we know for sure that Jesus is coming back. His kingdom in its fullness is coming, perhaps today. Perhaps today He is going to do do away completely with cancer. Please, Lord Jesus. Perhaps today He's going to do away completely with sin. Perhaps today He's going to do away completely with death and with sorrow and with leukemia and with loss and sons and daughters who run away from us. Perhaps today God will come and restore everything that was broken And uniting all things under the authority and the rule and reign of Jesus as King. That's the end. It's coming. A new heavens and new earth is coming. Death will be forever banished. No more tears. Long for it. Lean into it. That is the end that God calls us. And now, perhaps today, we need to live our lives in light of tomorrow. Because tomorrow will come and the trumpet will sound and Jesus will reign. Now in the midst of that, we live as kingdom ambassadors saying, God, let your kingdom come today a little bit closer. May your will be done today a little bit more clearly. May you truly live us. Why? Because we are your ambassadors. Because we are your martyrs. Because we are your witnesses. We are God's signposts. You ready for this family of God? We are here right now as a big billboard that declares that the rule and reign of Christ has begun. And the way we declare it is we say, the rule and reign of Christ has begun in my life. It's right here. I submit myself to the Lordship of Christ by God's grace through faith. I am now in submission to my King Jesus, and now I'm on mission for my King Jesus. His will is my will. His life is my life. Now for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Living for Christ, the kingdom has come. Orangewood, how do we as a body as a family show a billboard to the world that the kingdom of God has come. Because when Jesus came, He announced the good news. The good news was this, that the kingdom of God has come. That the rule and reign of Christ has begun. And it must begin here in our lives. We are a billboard proclaiming the reality that Jesus lives. And how we proclaim it sometimes is through our tears and through our brokenness. 
and through the lives that are still shattering all around us. But we know that Jesus lives. And because He lives, I live too. And because He lives, I have hope. And because He lives, what I do matters. Because He lives, what I do and what you do and what we do is not in vain. Orangewood, we are the signposts that the kingdom of God has come. And we live our lives in light of the reality that it's coming again in fullness. And the world needs to look to us and say there's something different. There's something on the horizon. There's something coming. We are those signposts to declare His victory, His presence. How do we do it? We do it the way we love Him. The way we love Him and the way we worship Him. And it's so central to all we do. I, when we connect to one another, what is most essential of connecting is right here in our worship. But we also need to connect with each other in small groups, in our equipping center classes, and in our small groups, in our, our band of brothers, uh, our women's ministry. Listen, we're, we need to get better at all of them. And we need more of them. And we got holes. But God has called you to connect to each other and to love and worship Him. We need you here. Because we are family. we got to love each other. I love what Jesus told His disciples. He says that the world is going to be able to tell that we are His as we love one another. The world is going to be able to tell that we are His the way we love one another. i got to tell you, I think you do a pretty tremendous job of that. We are feeling incredibly loved by the body as meals arrive, as prayers are offered, as, as love and support is given the aroma of Christ, the signpost of a reality that a king has come and he's coming again is seen in our own lives and our own family. But love one another. You know, it may be said, you know what, I, I'm not getting a lot out of that. I'm not, I'm not, I, that that's, this isn't meeting my needs right now. Can I tell you, can you please love your brothers and sisters enough to participate? Because they need you. They need to have you. They need your wisdom, your insight. They, they need to hear your, your junk. They, they, we need a journey together. The way we love Him, the way we love others, declares this incredible presence of, of God. And listen, the lastly, the way we serve Him. We know that King Jesus has come. And we serve Him as our King. We know that King Jesus is coming. I'm going to end with this quote from C.S. Lewis. And I can't find the quote from C.S. Lewis. We're going to be in trouble. All right, let me try to paraphrase it. I got half of it. (laughs) We shall never save civilization as long as civilization is our main object. We must learn to want something else even more. We will never save civilization if civilization is our main object. All these things that we do to make the world a better place, it, it, it doesn't matter if we're just trying to make the world a better place. I mean, it's, it's good and it's noble and some cool things, but if, if our goal is just civilization being a better, happier, safer place, we got to long and want something more. And you know what we have to long and want more than just civilization being a little bit better We have to know and long for Christ the King to come back. we got to know and long for the reign and rule of Jesus to be here tangibly with us. We have to long that our faith will become sight 
and we will be with Him and truly set free. That is what we long for. And perhaps today it's coming. But until that day, you and I are signposts to that reality. That it is coming. And we are going to be obedient to our King. In the way we love each other. In the way we serve each other. In the way we serve Him. If you look in your bulletins, you're going to see uh, some pretty fancy things from Orangewood. Eye Ministry and Eye Connect. I ministry will give you a list of uh, ministry opportunities for you here um, immediately. There'll be more you can see down the hall. Uh, bridge building, you've heard several of these things. You've heard about our Deacons Fund. Look through these. Let me show you the iConnect. This iConnect is, is right now for a way to you respond. Um, you can give us your name and uh, email address. We're going to have, uh, in just a moment, our offertory taken. Uh, we're going to give you a few minutes to prayerfully say... How do I connect in a greater way? Listen, I wish that there were more. And I wish that some of these were better. But these are good. These are what we can do right now. And this is what God has called us to. Come help us be better. But connect. Connect. You should have at least one ministry on this that you're involved in. And at least one. And let me say, if there's any, start with Equipping Center. That's where we try to shepherd you. That's our primary ministry of connecting and equipping our people. There are several others. Let me, let me uh, lead us in prayer. Uh, and again, what we do is not in vain. What we, knew, do, what we do matters. And God has created no junk. He's not going to throw it away. Let us pray. And Father, thank you for a vision Sunday that really is just a reminder of the vision you've given us, that we're here for Christ and his kingdom. We're a signpost of a reality that Jesus has come. We're a signpost to the reality that Jesus is coming again. And Father, would you reign and rule in our hearts? Would you help us fill these out, uh, Father, in a way that we are your workmanship. You've prepared us for this. You want us to walk as signposts to the reality that Christ is coming. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.